0: are back tailgate season on our way to Jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party Chris Collins were texted me and said can you make sure Mike Renner doesn't get too wasted because he feels that this is your element where we might not get you back from Jacksonville yeah I mean cocktails I'm not usually a cocktail
1: guy so when I do partake it usually hits me a little bit harder more of a Miller Lite you know Mm that kind of guy but I've been the one having to keep you and Solfaro in check over the
0: course of these trips, so I take offense to that. Solfaro has been fine. Solfaro has been, if anything, phenomenal on these trips. Solfaro, the public relations guy here at PFF, he's been making the trips with us. I think it'll be okay. I think I'm, it'll be okay.
1: I'm the one who's used to. I don't, don't want to like, but like I, I've been tailgating since you know Notre Dame. You guys obviously didn't have that at San Diego State, so I've been used to the all day affairs. This is new to you guys. You're trying to like <laughs> buy shots at 11 a.m. and I'm like, you're gonna die by 3 p.m. Yeah. So I've been, I've been. No, the one I, d- I definitely guys, think hey,
0: something like, that I'm not it. good at is taking it slow. You know, there you, I have one speed and it's go. And yeah. I think when not? I when I start, I start and I I, I burn burn yeah. fast like a firecracker. And at San Diego State, the tailgate scene was non-existent. No one even went to the game. So. This has been a new experience for me. I'm excited for Jacksonville, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I'm going to be sporting the Georgia gear. You got Georgia gear too. No one's representing so. Florida.
1: Yeah, no Florida. We want we want. Ge- yeah, we want we want Georgia not to get upset. We want the good teams to make the college football playoff. We want that to be electric. We don't. I mean, Florida at this point. Sorry about you. You kind of cheek. So yeah. What, t-
0: what time are you thinking we want to start on on Saturday? <sighs> it's a 3:30 kick. When you when you want to wake up? 3:30 and start kick. Slinging. you
1: Usually you have to start by at least 10 a.m. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I feel like anytime you really wake up super early, you risk ruining your tailgate altogether. Like you risk having a bad day because you didn't get enough sleep, and you're like, "Oh, I feel like shit the whole day." Mm-hmm. You'd rather rest up and feel good when you start, and then have a day because it's a long day no matter what. Instead of, "Oh, I will have to wake up really early because you get really excited, and then you're burnt out by game time and it's no fun."
0: Yeah, I can commit to a 10 a.m. start, hoping that we survive till 10 p.m. I think I want a 10 to 10, a full 10 to 10. 12 hours. We'll make it happen. Make sure you use promo code TAILGATE at PFF.com for 25% off any PFF subscription. Love to see that. Support the pod. You can also go to shop.pff.com or pff.shop.com. I can't remember which one it is. But first one. The first one. Shop. Shop.pff.com shop to grab any tailgate apparel for every item purchased. $3 to St. Jude's Hospital. I have to shout out how you can support the pod. Before we get into our Catch and Early Buzz segment, Mel Kiper Jr. and Todd McShay, the ESPN guys, have both dropped big boards position rankings in the last 48 hours i want to get some of your reactions to these big boards, these rankings some of the notables here i think where i'd like to start well my first reaction could i give my first first reaction sure, sure. Kuiper came out with some like
1: three weeks ago didn't he yeah he updated his we just past talked about him he's been he's been in the lab cooking the tape apparently so kudos to him but then i also my other reaction was he Kuiper comes out with the 25 mcshay says fuck yeah i got 32 he but, puts 32 on him. Seven more. He's like, I can rank a little deeper than you, Mel. One up. But I so will say, Mel
0: Mel did do top 10 position rankings by position as well. Yeah. So Mel kind of went so a little like, extra mile. When you to go it.
1: top 10 by position, how come you only release in 25 then? You know, you, if you have 10 guys and 10 specialists, mind you, when you've yeah. gone that deep already to feel confident to put out those rankings, why are you limiting yourself to he's 25? He's got fullback rankings in here. Yeah. Why are you limiting yourself to 25? Put a. Monty
0: Potabom of Iowa is his eighth ranked fullback okay if he's already yeah. watched Monty Pottebomb's tape that's actually my should...
1: matchup I was going to highlight this week is uh Monty Pottabom. Pottabom. yeah some just of these names football so I think that might be matchup. the best name
0: in the country Monty, Pot- Monty Pottebomb all right let's get into I want to start with Mel and kind of compare them both yeah. but kind of chalky to start you know all of them both of them have a combination of Bon Thibodeau Kyle Hamilton Derek Stingley and Evan Neal, Aiden Hutchinson in their top 6-8. to That is not surprising. Where I feel like there is the first opportunity for conversation is this wide receiver class. So you said Mel Mel Kiper Jr. had Jahan Dotson, the Penn State wideout, as his wide receiver one two or three weeks ago. Some changes made. Right here, Drake London is his wide receiver one, the big USC wideout. And then at wide receiver two, Jahan Dotson not even there. Jamison Williams, the former Ohio State wide receiver, former four-star that transferred to Alabama. He has him as wide receiver two player 11 or number 11 on his overall big board, and then we finally get to Dotson at 16. The wide receivers for McShay, on the other hand, he has our guys. He's got the two Ohio State guys, first and second. He has Garrett Wilson as his number one receiver, Chris Olave as his number two receiver, and you don't see Dotson show up until wide receiver three and London show up, I believe, at wide receiver four.
1: Yeah, Your know thoughts
0: on those differences?
1: I was going through McShay's board, and I couldn't believe how similar. he sees about once you get to until pick 19, not pick 19, Uh, Player 19, which is Jalen Wettermer, the tight end from Texas A&M, it is pretty, looks very similar, like it looks very similar to the PFF draft board, Uh, but Drake London at number four overall for Kuyper is a play. That's putting him in Jamar Chase territory, that's putting him in, uh, you know, Amari Cooper territory, that's putting him in like top top wide receiver prospect, uh, like can't miss sort of territory, which i'd push back on a little bit because i you know you got guys like he's ahead of on his board evan Neal, aiden hutchinson guys who i don't want to say there's no sure things in the draft but guys who look like they will be blue chip nfl starter sooner rather than later so that that one was the weird one to me obviously McShay's going wilson alave uh one two the same way we see it and then dotson over uh drake london for him i believe mm-hmm. is by 12 spots that one's interesting um he obviously typewise skews towards the way we would skew typewise in terms of separators guys did get open that's Jahan dotson uh comparatively to like we've said for a while now drake london
0: i think if i had to predict right now when we get into like peak draft season you know january february march the stickier names of this wide receiver group will be Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. I think more people will come to them being, if they're not their number one and number two receivers, top three, top four receivers. Who I don't imagine sticks around is Dotson. I don't. You know, Dotson already falling the wide receiver three for Mel Kuyper. I think you could continue to see that when you start to study Drake London and you start to study Traylon Burks and some of these other receivers. I just don't imagine Dotson being a consensus top three receiver when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, so... It's just like comparing to last year's wide receiver class none of these guys are in the same tier as the top three in my opinion which would be which were jamar chase Jalen waddle Devontae smith I, I thought those guys were a clear that was like the clear talked about tier one garrett wilson i would put in a similar breath as receivers like rashad bateman and elijah moore that's where i would see a guy like garrett wilson in this class and, and i think you can put olave in london in that tier as well whereas like if you're comparing Elijah Moore from last year at Ole Miss his tape at Ole Miss similar type of wide receiver to Jahan Dotson Dotson probably a little bit better catch radius but not quite the high-end athlete that I thought Elijah Moore was coming out I'd probably prefer Elijah Moore so that's like that tier then is day two after that after the Elijah Moore tier uh, on the PFF draft board those are day two guys because I think Elijah Moore was the last one we really saw as a day one uh last season
0: Two names on this list I wanted to get to as well that I feel like are good and guys we've talked about a ton, but I'm pushing back on are they that good? Charles Cross is both for Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, the number seven overall player in the draft class. OT, two, Two. behind Evan Neal. And then also the other player, so I want to hear, I know you like Charles Cross and you liked him as this project player that has taken this step. Is he that good? Is he top seven, top ten player good? And then Devin Lloyd, who is number eight on Mel Kuyper's board and number 16 on Todd McShay's. I like Devin Lloyd as much as the next guy, but are we talking about this like Devin Bush, Devin White tier of linebacker? I don't see it. I don't see that kind of hype for Lloyd.
1: Yeah, I I agree that the linebackers right now strike me as late first round type type of guys, whether it's the Dean, Christian Harris, or uh, Devin Lloyd, like those three. I just, as it stands right now, I probably wouldn't want to take any of those guys before pick, you know, 23-24 23-24 if I'm drafting uh, somewhere in the first round. Um, yeah, that's how I see that linebacker class right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, even... Ca- Charles, oh,
1: Charles Claw, Cross is the other guy that you mentioned. That, yeah. uh, so you mentioned both. Cross, though, I will say this about him, that you don't get to say about a lot of offensive tackles. He has 451 pass-blocking sets in the SEC this season against top competition. You, you're getting a good and yeah he may be kind of a one-year wonder 44 pressures last year like this may be like one out of the blue kind of year like one massive leap that he took but you are doing it against the best competition in college football like sec we haven't seen this from sec tackles because there's never been like that pass heavy an offense in the sc now a lot of defenses still do face uh that mississippi state offense with three-man rushes with three-man fronts uh where you know you go back and watch texas a&m tape a lot of times he's head up against DeMarvin Leal, and DeMarvin Leal is not rushing off his outside shoulder, which is a a vastly different animal than having a wide nine who's firing off the ball every time against your uh, left tackle. But even still, uh, I do think that that's probably where Charles Cross is going to end up on the PFF draft board, somewhere in the, I don't want to say OT1 range, but OT2-3 to for us.
0: The next name on this list, I'm going to go and say it. I'm going to say it, Mike. Hand up. I don't think a lot of people have seen Kingsley and Nagbury. Kingsley Nagbury was not ranked on Mel Kuyper's board two weeks ago. He's now the number fourteen overall player. He's not ranked on Todd McShay's board. I just don't think people have watched him. <laughs> I don't think. You, I, don't, I just think people are catching up to Nagbury's tape. And I think after Mel Kuyper watched him, he did not have you know he, he did not have Kingsley Nagbury. And, and now he has him coming out.
1: Also, I did not realize so on the board it says his nickname's JJ, which your first name is Kingsley. You already have a dope ass name. Yeah. Do not go by a nickname at that point. Like you go by JJ if your first. He could have good Justin, reasoning. Justin, you know, if your first name's James, that then you go by JJ. By all means, like JJ Watt. He's, what is his name? It's like a basic, whatever. If you're at Kingsley, go go by Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that's just some advice for all the draft prospects out there thinking about changing to a nickname. If
0: you got a dope ass name, keep it. I can't. I can't stand reading some of the blurb work on some of this stuff. He finished the Enagberry blurb. NFL teams always. I
1: literally said. I think I said both of JJ Watt's name is literally Justin James. I think I said both. of those.
0: <laughs> No, really. Yeah, um, but he finishes this blurb of Kingsley Enagberry with NFL teams always crave edge rushers, so Enagberry could keep rising. Mm, is that's that, the editor in you. Is that is that like I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that sentence is all that necessary. NFL teams always crave edge rushers do they i guess obviously anyway um so kingsley and Agbury, i do think ultimately ends up moving up boards as more people start to watch him including tom mcshay they're also very opposite on jameson williams jameson williams is number 28 on tom mcshay's board whereas he's number 11 on Mel kuyper's board he was unranked for both these guys a couple weeks ago like was not even on people's radar do you think this rise is actually worth it james williams the guy we've talked to a ton a bit now the alabama receiver transfer Ohio state
1: uh i mean i think the rise is worth it we've we talked about that one of the biggest risers wide receiver five in the pff draft board the most recent one but i just i push back against the sort of positioning now maybe they're saying it's a weak class overall but it's just the positioning of these wide receivers make it seem like this is like last year's class or two years ago's class like it's putting it in that air when I just I don't quite see it like that like no one's coming in and having the season that Jamar Chase just did it is in the midst stuff. like I just don't see it like that but the way this the rankings are for these guys where it's like three or four in the top 15
0: you would think it's that sort of class I just push back on that a little bit for both these some other notables here, and then we'll jump to obviously our NFL Week 8 preview here. But some of the position rankings, he currently sees Iquanu as a guard. Um, I don't think Equanu did crack Mel's um, top 25, but he is in there as his number one ranked guard ahead of Kenyon Green, whereas I know others see him at tackle. And then some of the stuff that I found interesting is he had Cameron Thomas, the San Diego State defensive end, ahead of George Karloftis. Oh. That feels wild to me. This is being Mel Kyber Jr. He has a Cam Thomas guy. Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Cameron Thomas, George Karloftis. Now, how much of that is... I guess they're tied for third. I didn't know he could do ties. He has a tie here. Cameron Thomas and George Karloftis are tied for third on his defensive end rankings. Your reaction to our San Diego State legend, Cameron Thomas, cracking the top three there? I haven't even watched him. Really? Is it because you don't care?
1: Uh, about San Diego State, yeah. No, but I just haven't. And that's wild I'll have to go back and watch him but he also then has he does the thing where it's like those are DNs Logan Hall's on that list who's a DT and then you have Kingsley and Agbury with outside linebackers who literally just he plays DN for South Carolina um, and then he has Brandon Smith under outside linebackers who plays actual outside linebacker and Isaiah Foskey who plays actual defensive end for Notre Dame it's such a the,
0: the position makings are always a joke. but a- regardless I'm just happy Cam Thomas is getting some love he, you know George Karloftis or Thomas doesn't even crack Kuiper's top 25 but he has is- Edge eighteen, Carl Loftus, got forward. Drake
1: Jackson at outside linebacker ten.
0: Whoa. Wild, wild stuff. Let's Whoa. move off of this now. I yeah. think some of the the more notable takeaways from that, in my opinion, are people need to watch more JJ and Agbary. I don't. Think, don't
1: you dare call him JJ.
0: <laughs> I don't think this wide receiver class should be as uncertain as it is right now. In my, I don't. I don't think it should be this hodgepodge of opinion, in my, in my opinion. I, I, I don't think we're, we should be seeing Drake London, wide receiver one, then Jahan Dotson, wide receiver one, and some people have Garrett Wilson, then a lot. I, I, I think it's kind of clear who these top guys are.
1: I'm not sure I'd say it's clear because it's like there are three to four different varied like, types. And then again, that's going to be in the eye of the beholder. Wide receiver is the, like, one of the few positions in football where a guy can be 6'5", 230, play it, and a guy can be 5'9", 175, play it Rangers. at a high level. Like that, you got sixty pounds and seven inches of difference between guys that can play at elite level. So um, you're just gonna see, you're just going to evaluate the position vastly differently. But I do think the sort of that would to me then like when it, that is the case, that would indicate that it should be not clear. Like there shouldn't be blue chip type of guys. Then you shouldn't be seeing some of these yes, guys yes. as like elite number four overall player. If they were going to be if there's going to be that differings of opinion. Uh, on them,
0: but no, I think that's a great take. I think having you know the fact that someone can see Drake London as wide receiver three, and another can see him as a top five player in this class just feels wild to yeah. me. I don't know if necessarily that should be the case. I also think we're seeing a clear defining of the blue chippers in this class: Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton. Those guys, yeah. I think, for everyone, will be consistently in this top six to eight range. For yeah. people, McShay and I have the same top five guys. I told him as much on Twitter today. Did you? Did you tag him? (laughs) You're a weirdo. Weirdo. All right, Thursday night football. Packers, Cardinals. Packers have COVID across the board. Joe Barry's out. Devontae Adams is out. Others got COVID. Cardinals went from favored by three to favored by six and a half. And I don't even think that's enough. I'm of the opinion that Kyler Murray also, throw COVID out the window. Kyler Murray is playing better football this year than Aaron Rodgers. He's grading better than Aaron Rodgers is this year. I'm on that side. Packers offense wounded. I like the backdoor potentially. Aaron Rodgers sneaking in just to say hello but Cardinals for me I think dominate this game own this game unless it gets to seven I'm taking Kyler Murray uh six and a half
1: you can't say I like the backdoor potentially and then say I'm taking the Cardinals six and a half
0: no I I think I like it potentially but I like the six and a half more okay well yeah I like I like the Packers could win potentially Mike you can't hedge I'm not I did I took my pick I'm saying no it's not it's a Cardinals six and a half I'll just say
1: this Devontae Adams is accounted for 41.8% of the Packers' receiving yards this season. Second highest behind only Debo Samuel. Him plus Alan Lazard, who Alan Lazard is for sure out. Devontae Adams could still have an outside chance of playing. I saw unlikely. Yeah, unlikely, but outside chance. Him plus Alan Lazard uh, have accounted for over 50%. So 50% on top of the fact that it's a short week, that you have to account for that. Basically transform your offense because you're not throwing the ball to Jawan effing Winfrey uh, as much as you did, wow, Devonte Adams catching a ricochet, Winfrey.
0: He listens um, to this pod,
1: <laughs> but I will say, okay, no J.J. Watt, backup center for the Cardinals that could play in the favor of the Packers, but
0: taking Cardinal six and a half. I think, like I said, I like Cardinal six and a half. Unless this gets to seven, seven and a half, I'm staying with Arizona. If you can get to seven and a half, I think riding with Aaron Rodgers is a full touchdown dog is something I'm, I'm keen on betting on for sure, especially because this line movement, I think you saw some of the betting community talk about this. This is the most a line has moved for like, it's like, obviously there's multiple players. Singular non quarterback. Yeah. Like Devontae Adams moved this line at three and a half points. Yeah. And I think some of this also like, you know, Joe Barry's not going to be able to coach in this one. You know, you have Alan Lazard. Like there is some of that other baking in, but like, Devontae Adams is moving this line by a significant degree, and it's because he has you know, 42% of their passing yards. He is a big factor for their offense. Before we get to the 1 o'clock slate, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast is Western and Southern. Whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help you put ahead – you put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear more about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Al on Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both, and every football or financial question you ask earns you a chance to win a catered party for February's big game. Check out Chris Collinsworth, the Chris Collinsworth Podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash Chris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash Chris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Panthers at Falcons. Sam Darnold is the lowest-graded quarterback in the NFL since Week 3. They still have a top-10 defense in EPA per play allowed, and they still have a top-10 defense in pressure rate. However, Atlanta sneakily... A top 10 offense in EPA per play. And Matt Ryan ranks first in PFF passing grade over the last three weeks. Kyle Pitts balling out of late. I like Falcons minus three a ton. I do
1: not. What? I mean, I think the Panthers just roster-wise are a better roster. The obviously main difference is the quarterback position. Um, the Falcons have only covered three once all year long. But they're hitting their steam. That was against the Jets. Yeah, I, that I get an that expression? Yeah, they're Smith, hitting their obviously, steam. Obviously, the offense is on a roll of late give you that but then also uh, I think the Panthers throw a lot more at you than some of the defenses they face so I'm going to take the Panthers in this one betting on the ship getting righted to a mild degree offensively against a defense that you know has sat in cover to more than anyone outside of the Texans because they just don't have the talent to really do much else so I, I do think that it is I'll go with the Panthers in this one.
0: So you're betting Darnold. You're going to back yeah, Darnold. I mean, I don't you're going to back it. Darnold
1: on the road. I don't love it, but.
0: It's only a three point line. You're backing Darnold on the road. Yeah. I was surprised this line was even three. PFF oftentimes loves the Falcons, and you could see this line getting stretched out a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. surprised that you're backing Darnold, man. You really want to suffer through that? Yeah. All right. Fair uh-huh. enough. Dolphins at Bills. 13 and a half point favorites are the Buffalo Bills at home. I put in my notes here, blessed be the backdoor. Because I think this is the backdoor opportunity you want to chase. Tua Tagovailoa is the number six graded quarterback over the past two weeks. Yes, their defense is terrible. That's been the biggest reason they've been losing games. Their defense is 28 in EPA per play allowed. Mm-hmm. They have been horrendous this year. Can't create pressure, giving up too much on the back end. Brian Flores, everyone wants to put a target on Tua Tagovailoa's back or Jacoby Brissett's back. This defense has been butt, like terrible. Bottom five for the talent that they have makes no sense to me. I think the Bills team is objectively the better team, but are they a 13 and a half point favorite? this number could get to 14? I don't know. I, I like the I like the the Bills a lot, and they are obviously the best team here, but at 13 and a half with Tua playing as well as he has of late, I like them to sneak in the back door.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like 13 and a half against a real quarterback is just not something I would like to bet. you know like i I like the Dolphins here for that reason uh, because of the way Tua has been playing, I, I think he has been uh, since he has come back from that injury and it's again they're one in six optically sounds bad they're not one in six two of two is starting all these games you know like they they are a better team than that when he is out there uh even if you know they have lost the past two weeks when he has started but again 13 and a half is just a massive number for a team any team in the nfl to cover uh, again against a,
0: a quality quarterback so that's how i feel it is the bills at home and i doing some of the notes for this game I feel like the Bills have, like, slid under the radar a little bit as everyone looks at Kyler Murray, you know, Brandon Stanley and Justin Herbert exceeding expectations. The Bengals exceeding the expectations. After that week one dud for Buffalo, number one defense inefficiency. efficiency and number two offense inefficiency. efficiency. They have been damn good beating the Chiefs. This is a very, very good football team. And they lose to the Titans on the slip, you know, where everyone wants to talk about that fourth down decision when it was the execution that was the problem, where Josh Allen slips a little bit on that fourth down. This is a damn good football team. I don't think their, what, 4-2 and two or 5-2 and two record really reflects that. I think they're really, really good. I just don't think they cover the full 13.5. 49ers, Bears. Bears at home are 3.5-point dogs. This is the lowest total on the slate, mm-hmm. 39.5 points. Betting the under is going to be a sweat, but we'll see what you do. Both these offenses are horrendous. I'm not betting on this game. If I had to lean aside, honestly, I'd lean – the dog at home at plus three and a half. But even then it's like you're banking on a lot of like bad football and bad bounces, just bouncing the bears way.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm betting for, I'd go 49ers here. I know Khalil Mack playing in this one. That's obviously a massive injury. Um, bears have averaged 13.4 points per game since Justin Fields took over and, and they've won a couple of those games because of defense balled out. But I, I just, without Khalil Mack, I don't see that being the case. And I just don't have not seen signs of improvement. Just field sadly, like he has been kind of the same guy. Obviously, it hasn't been as bad as that very first game against the Browns, but I think the rookie issues are still very much there with him. I don't see them turning around.
0: This 49ers offense, though, has almost been as bad. I mean, over the last three weeks, they went 31st in EPA per play, in yards per play, their bottom three, like they have been very bad over the last three weeks do we know if a healthy jimmy g or healthy trey lance is going to be in this one are they going to be a little two qb combination what's the play there i don't know yeah
1: it's it's probably jimmy g i mean and again last week in the pouring rain not going to take too many sweeping takeaways from
0: his play i'm interested to see who starts and um I'm i'm looking at the injury information i think they're both listed as questionable Um, both the quarterbacks there. So we will see how this rolls for 49ers. I like the dog though. Plus three and a half. Let's run it. Um, Steelers at Browns. Browns favored by three and a half right ahead of that key number with the hook. That is that half. I'm of the opinion that if this injury report, that is an absolute laundry list of names for the Browns. If they are healthy in this one, they cover this one easily. They should be getting Jack Conklin back. I think Baker Mayfield is expected to play. Um, you have OBJ questionable, Javion Clowney questionable, Nick Chubb questionable, Jarvis Landry qu- Do you get all these guys back? And if you do, I think they cover. But I think a lot of this uncertainty is baked into the line and why it's still just three and a half. Yes.
1: Yeah, so Jack Hockman came back and played. And that's big because, obviously, he'll be matched up against TJ Watts a lot. And it's far. you feel far better about that than a backup tackle. It is the other side of the ball, though, the other group of tackles that I think are in danger because obviously Miles Garrett's Miles Garrett and Jay McClowney expected to play. He already has more pressures this year than he did in all of 2020. He's got 31 pressures. He has been an impact player. He's coming on strong of late. He actually has some different moves this year than I've seen from in years past in terms of how being able to win the edge that was kind of his Achilles heel in prior seasons that we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, so I think that Big Ben's going to be under siege, and that's Browns covering
0: Eagles at well. before we actually jump off of that did you have a reaction to Mike Tomlin's reaction to the USC question what was your take on like how how against it he was like the 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 energy behind that take
1: yeah I mean it was an absurd thing for Carson Palmer to say at the time like in the moment it's like Mike Tomlin saying he's going to coach USC when he has been an NFL head coach for whatever 13 14 years whatever it is at this point he has been extremely successful at one of the most storied franchises in the nfl that famously doesn't like gives their head coaches long leashes he would be an idiot to leave that job unless like i said there's not a check big enough a booster check big enough it's like that that never should have even been flow like you can see why people would ask urban meyer that question a former college head coach to be the guy who thinks that that is a serious question needed to ask. And, I, again, I get why it's asked, but, like, it is not – there was no chance in hell any objective outside observer laughed at that when Carson Palmer even said it.
0: That's, uh, that's my take, too. I think some people were saying that – And my other
1: take is USC is not as big as they think they are.
0: Some people were saying – I saw some counter arguments that Mike Tomlin doesn't have to put on – shouldn't he be honored that he's considered for the job? I would be kind of pissed. There's no reason for him to even be considering a USC job. Exactly. Like, exactly. So I I'm think is not as big as they it think. It shits so. on two things. It, the question shits on two things or like the rumor shits on two things. Mike Tomlin is a head coach and the Steelers is a franchise. And like, I think both those things are not in an area where they can be. You know, like I think you're not asking, um, like you said, Urban Meyer and the Jags and that franchise. It hasn't been around nearly as long as the Steelers and Urban Meyer is literally a former college mm-hmm. coach. All right. Uh, Eagles at Lions. Lions plus three and a half. I put in my notes, all caps, feed me. Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell coming off one of the best coaching performances I've seen as a a multiple possession dog. Now he's a a three-and-a-half point dog at home. He's got the hook. Eagles are a bottom 10 defense in the NFL. I love in an ugly, ugly game. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. In an ugly game with hopefully some more surprise onside kicks, some more surprise stuff on special teams, I love Detroit Lions plus three-and-a-half at home. I might take the money line. I don't
1: know. Yeah, so the Lions are 0-7. They have not won a game. That sounds bad. And that is bad. You should win games <laughs> in the NFL. But here's the thing. They've had a pretty difficult schedule. It, it has been Ravens, Packers, Rams, Bengals, Vikings, 49ers, and Bears. And now four of those teams are for are almost are very likely making the playoffs. The first four I mentioned, two still have an outside chance. The Bears are obviously the Bears, but like they covered this number against some good teams like the Ravens, like the Vikings, to where three and a half with the Eagles kind of you know sending that message of trading Zach Ertz, a veteran leader, not a good message to send to your locker room basically saying, hey, that's kind of curtains on this season. Yeah, I'll take the Lions if it's three. I I, I like the Lions at home.
0: Are you going to grab the money line with me? Uh,
1: let's not go that far. Okay. They've lost a lot of close games. Fair, this fair, <laughs> fair, fair, fair.
0: This, is, this next game we have here is one I honestly want to avoid betting altogether. I think it will be a really good game, but – it's a tough one for me to lean either side. I mean, most one-point spreads are, but Titans at Colts, Colts at home are a one-point dog. Carson Wentz has been phenomenal. Phenomenal maybe aggressive, but solid. Way better than he has been before over the it last was like two ass weeks. Last
1: week, but I mean, it was the rain, but
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't, at, I mean, winning football. Winning football in the rain is good.
1: PIs in the rain.
0: PIs in the rain. PIs in the rain. Oh, no throw deep balls were good. Yeah. But I think I do think Carson Wentz has looked a lot better over the last two weeks. This team is playing a lot better. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big on the Colts keeping this a game, and I don't really like either side. If I had to lean one, I would lean Tennessee. I think Tennessee is the better football team. Um, but I, I think they're both finding their groove of late. I'd lean Titans, but I don't want to bet it really.
1: Yeah, I'm leaning Titans big in this one, honestly. I, oh, really? I, I think that's just a damn good offensive football team. And one story that I, I cannot believe has get, not gotten more attention this year, David Questenberry. No, you know who Damon Klesbury is? Right yeah. tackle. Yeah, yeah. Tennessee Titans. The guy who had lymphoma back in 2014. Cancer. Sixth round pick. Broke his foot his rookie year. Cancer his second year. He's one of the highest graded tackles in the NFL this year. I, think, I believe he has a top five run blocking grade f- among all tackles this season. This is in like year eight that he has finally developed. Finally his first year as a full-time starter getting the job. He has been excellent for that Tennessee Titans offense. That story I, I blew my mind that I hadn't heard and like really noticed this about the Titans, but man, that deserves more attention. The guy is playing out of his mind and could not happen to a guy who's been through more in his NFL career.
0: Damn, that is dope. I didn't know that story at all. I knew knew of Questenberry, but I did not know the background. That is uh, really cool for Questenberry. Uh, Before we move forward and check out the 4 p.m. slate and others, NFL fans hungry for a big win, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bengals at Jets. Jets are 10-point dogs at home. No Zach Wilson. Mike White will be starting in this game and I'm done, I'm done fading the Bengals. Quinn no, has- you need to because they've been <laughs> good. Every start. time you guys yeah. fade them, they've won. I
2: think every time I think you faded them against the Steelers, you faded them against the Ravens, and you faded them against. It's probably else. another team too. I mean, they won. The Packers. We did so fade keep- them
1: against the Packers, but then the I think they still covered against the Packers. Even I'll was- say
0: this, I'll say this, Quinn. I'm sorry, I was going to originally nice. take the Bengals, but you're right. I need to stick to my guns here. I'm taking Jets plus ten. Mike White, give it to me.
1: I'm taking the Bengals.
0: I can't. Do, I, I, I think Mike White starting at quarterback. I'm doing for it Jets. for Cincinnati. This is this is for I Cincinnati. Mike White's starting at quarterback, and I think he's going to get ten. <laughs> Should I say it, Quinn? There's no way in hell. <laughs> there's no way in hell the Bengals cover this ten. There's no way they blow out the there's Jets. There's no way they blow out the Jets. No, the,
1: uh, the honorable franchise that's been so good of late. No.
0: No, I, in all seriousness, I like the Bengals a lot. There's a big reason why they're favored by 10 on the road against Mike White. They've been phenomenal this year. But to save Cincinnati, to give Queen City some opportunity, I'm going to pick the Jets plus 10 to kind of continue that narrative. Yeah. All right. Rams at Texans. You put in here, this is the one, hold your nose and take it line? This is the hold your nose and take it. Which, I mean, you might as well just rename the Texans line. <laughs> <laughs> Rams so at so. Texans. Texans are home. And 14-point dogs. And I say nay. Oh. I'm not holding my nose. You know why? I'm going to give it. Terod Taylor's back. In action. Yeah. Ready to prove The one why. time
1: they covered this year was. Or no, no. The one time they won this year, excuse me.
0: Yeah. I think Terod Taylor coming back is a massive play. They're also at home. Not wrong. I'm not plugging my nose here. I'm cheering on Terod Taylor and the Houston Texans at 14. I think with analysis for big lines like this, I mean, you're rooting for back doors. You're, you're, you're doing a lot of, you know, this is not. The Rams are rightfully favored by 14. You could see this thing at 14 and a half. They could blow them out. But it's Rod Taylor coming back. I don't think the line adjusts for that. I don't think they cover the 14.
1: I would disagree with you there. I think it's. I just struggled to see them move the ball offensively. Once again, obviously no Laramie Tunsell in this one. He's on IR. Interior for that offensive line. You got pass blocking grades for their guard center guard of 54.4, 49.2, 53.7. That's your starting
0: guard center guard. Um, and they got to block Darren Donald. So. David Culley said he's going to double-team him though. (laughs) So what? It's already been accounted for. It doesn't matter. It's already been accounted for. David Culley's got it. 4 p.m. slate, Patriots at Chargers. Chargers favored by 5.5 at home. Patriots plus 5.5, if you listen to the NFL podcast on PFF's network with Sam and Steve, is a podcast pick for them. They like Patriots plus 5.5. However, Chargers, Justin Herbert, Brandon Staley, favorite to win coach of the year, coming off a bye only a five and a half point favorite over a bad Patriots team, in my opinion, a defense that has underwhelmed. I like Justin Herbert.
1: Interesting. See, I like the Patriots in this one. And you know, wow. I'll, I'll throw some schematics at. You. Just throw me in. Because you look at uh, just to go back to, I guess, Brent Staley's defense against the Packers last year in the playoffs, when the Packers just rolled the Rams, when it was just Aaron Rodgers hitting the flats. Handing it off, hitting the flats, handing it off. Didn't even didn't even think about attacking down the football field. That is the Patriots' offense. That, that is what they do to a T. And, and that is obviously Brendan Staley knows this. he's going to probably adjust. He's going to have some sort of game plan to go against it. But I, I think still with what the Chargers how how basically Brendan Staley runs that defense with the two high shells, I think the Patriots are uniquely situated from a personnel perspective to take advantage of it. So. Yes, it's on the road. Yes, it's over in L.A., but 5.5 is a big number against a team that I think will have some offensive success against them. So there you go. There you have it. There's my.
0: I don't think that number is big enough. I like the Chargers, and I like them a lot. Chargers minus 5.5 off a bye. Give it to me. They've been outstanding this year. I think after that Baltimore Ravens loss, put some bad tape on that they can review. I think Herbert bounces back. Jaguars, Seahawks. Seahawks favored by 3.5 over the hapless Jaguars here. I know Urban Ham is coming off a bye, Mike. I know. It's not enough for me. And I got Urban's on Urban's going to be magician off the buy. How dare you? He's not going to be a magician off the buy. And I'll, I'll say this. Zander read off the buy. I got on you for backing Sam Darnold and willingly, willingly yeah. betting Sam Darnold. I'm willingly betting Geno Smith. And you're betting Seattle a
1: three-and-a-half-point fave Geno Smith. Yeah. Okay.
0: I love it. All right. I don't like the Jaguars. You like the Jaguars to cover on the road? Cross-country I, trip to Seattle?
1: I think from what I've seen from Trevor Lawrence of late, he is a upper half of the NFL quarterback. Better going quarterback to, getting points. Going to, yeah, exactly. Better quarterback getting points against – yeah, it's going to be – environment's going to be tough. You know, It's going to be like him. Uh, gosh, there's no – I'm trying to think of an ACC environment that that would be like. It would be like him in – I don't know if he's actually playing in an environment that loud. I'm trying to think of a team. but <laughs> the final a not shock, one. It's going, to it's going to be. But it's going to be – yeah, silent counts, whatever, it's going to be different. That being said, he's still the far better quarterback in this game. The Seahawks' corners are still the Seahawks' corners. I, I just like the Jags in that.
0: There are louder environments at Columbus bars, Urban Meyer can attest, than there are in the ACC. I'll say that. Football team at Broncos. Broncos favored by three. This one is interesting because I do think that – here's a question for you before we get into this one. Denver was not supposed to lose that game, you know, last week, Mm -hmm. where Case Keenum comes in on a short week and they lose. Is this a – winner lo- like winner you're done John. for Vic Fangio like is this Vic Fangio's fate here they're favored yeah. by 3 over a bad football team the yeah. Washington football team yes my take is is that Denver is going to throw the kitchen sink at these guys part of me wants to side with the football team i like that defense more but maybe i don't i i i, I part of me wants to side with the you football team you like the team. defense more but maybe you don't i like the football team I like the quarterback more. You know, I like, the, I like the, the volatility of Heineke. I like the, even though it's high and low, I like the highs. Teddy Bridgewater consistently average, as we know. Okay. But I think Broncos are going to be coaching for their life here, throwing everything they've got. You know what? I, I flip back and forth. I like Broncos minus three.
1: I like the football team on the road. This is the 2 a This is loser gets two-a, winner gets two-a. I don't know how that's going to work. But I don't think either team, this what?
0: win doesn't matter. I'm so. kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: Um, I just – I think the Broncos are f- free fall right now. Like, locker room, lost, free fall. No linebackers on the roster. It's – They just traded for Kenny Young. I, I know. Um, it's just going very bad in a number of routes, and Teddy is, like, on the brink of getting benched to where
0: – No, this is it. Team. This is where the Broncos game have been the going. football team in that D-line. Broncos are right here. I don't know. I'll show the camera. And now, guess where they're at? It's great podcast content. Backs against the wall, Mike. Their backs are against the wall, and it's time to just bounce back here. Big Teddy yeah. win. They started the season three zero. Yeah, let's run it back. Football team's cheeks. Let's run it. Bucks <laughs> at Saints. Saints are five point dogs at home. This is one of my favorite bets. How in the hell are the Saints only five point? Or how are the Bucks only five point favorites over the Saints? I know it's on the road. Yeah, it's in a dome. With Brady, who's playing like MVP levels, is the favorite to lead the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns this season. Yeah. He's been an absolute terror. The Saints have had no level of consistency. One of my favorite bets of the week. I love Bucks minus five.
1: I do too. That that one's that that being that low is wild to me. I thought that should be at least a touchdown line. Yeah, it gets on the road, and yeah, it gets a divisional opponent. And you know what is it? Throw the records out when they meet, but. I don't think you can throw the records out. You can't throw out the tape that they've been throwing out offensively the New Orleans Saints, and it's bad. And it's like, how do you beat the Bucs right now? How do you beat that Bucks defense and what they throw at you? You've got to have guys that can separate and separate quickly against those corners because they're going to play a lot of man concepts, a lot of blitz stuff. And if you don't, which the New Orleans Saints decidedly don't without Michael Thomas. I said at the beginning of the season, the guy who's on IR, that's the biggest impact for any team in the NFL is Michael Thomas right now because they have no one now. They're leading receiver. Mark Les Callaway. for a 16 game season. He would be on pace for 677 yards. That is an atrocity in today's NFL. Um, and again, I don't think they can take advantage of where the bucks are weakest defensively. Yeah, so. this
0: is a blowout at home. Sorry. This is a blowout at home for the saints. I, yeah. I think are going to dominate.
1: Yeah. Like absolutely. We, we pick every game. This is one that like load up a little bit. A few more units on
0: this one. Cause I feel good. Here come the, the units. Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings. Favored or no, two and a half point dogs in Minnesota at home. I know the NFL podcast likes the Vikings, and you like the Vikings as well. After some
1: cheeks, sort of, what? uh have heard cheeks. Uh, prime time slate last week. I like the prime time slate this week. Packers cards, even if Devontae is not playing. And then I love this game. I love this matchup for a number of reasons. One is just the wide receiver talent. I mean, those, they have guys both sides of the football. They get open. I think it's going to be a shootout of sorts. And now sneakily, the, the Vikings, their only losses have come to the Bengals, Cardinals, and Browns. This is their only losses. And they've been in every single game so far this season.
0: I like them at home, as dogs. Wow. I, I mean I like Dallas Cowboys a ton. I mean, Dallas Cowboys, I know they were on the bye last week and maybe people forget, but this is a top three offense in the NFL. I think I'm I'm riding with Dak Prescott in this offense. I think he's right now number two or number three as the favorite to win the MVP. That's Dak Prescott. Coming off a bye. I like Dallas. Minus two and a half.
1: And the other thing I'll add here is that I think this offense, with Christian Derrissaw instead of Rashad Hill, is going to be far more consistent going forward. I just think that is a massive, massive upgrade and a, like a, a sort of a place on that roster, a place on that offense, where you don't have to necessarily, like every third down and long, you don't have to be like, we have to chip for Rashad Hill. He can't go one-on-one. That doesn't have to be the case anymore. I, I just think it will be that will keep them on schedule so much more, so much more consistently.
0: What's forward. wild is this line, I believe, opened at two and a half. It's actually been bet down to one and a half. A oh, favor of your Vikings there. It obviously doesn't go through a key number. There's not a lot of you know win. You know, there's not a lot of cover probability added to that right hey, now. The Lions
1: have lost two games by two this year,
0: so don't okay. never say never. Sorry. Green Line sees a two point seven percent edge on the Dallas Cowboys. Eighty two percent of the tickets bet on this game have been on the Dallas Cowboys. What the hell is Green Line now? Uh, what the hell does Green Line know? Demarcus Lawrence on the IR, Michael Gallup on the injured reserve, but designated to return. We'll see if they get him back. I do think um, Dallas. I still like Dallas, even though Green, and I'm siding with Green Line. Sometimes you got to just side with the math, man. Side with the math. Giants or no? Yeah, Giants at Chiefs. This one is your second part two. Hold your nose hold and take nose, it. And take I'm it. telling you again, no. I'm not going to hold my nose and take it. I like New York Giants. I like Daniel Jones. I like them to cover nine and a half, even though it is on the road. This defense is not getting any better. And if you are going to be a nine and a half point favorite over the Giants, you're going to have to show up. And I don't think this defense shows up. I like the Giants to cover. I don't. I'll just say I don't like the Giants to cover. I,
1: I just think that w- there's been a lot of talk about the Chiefs offense and how the turnovers that they've experienced so far have been fluky. Yeah, like the, the rate, Eric Eager tweeted out today that Patrick Mahomes' turnover-worthy play rate, the, almost identical to last year. But obviously the turnovers have he's been at a hundred percent turnover where they play to interception conversion rate. Like when he makes a bad decision, it has gotten taken advantage of. And they have so I think that's like bound to regress. He's bound to have the ball bounce the other way at some point. Um and I just don't trust this Giants offense. I'm sorry. It's like for all the teams that have taken advantage of KC's lackluster defense, they have not looked like this Giants offense. It has actually been Good offenses that have taken advantage of it. I still think against the lesser offenses around the NFL, aka what the Giants have been, they can shut down.
0: I will say this, you know, same or at least limit the same notes I made about Denver about how I think the kitchen sink is coming, and I'm not saying Andy Reid's coaching for his job, but I do think the Chiefs want to freaking bounce back. They want to stop being the butt of every joke every single week about how they're not meeting expectations. This will be, I think, a very high effort, high energy approach from Kansas City looking to like blow out at home in Arrowhead. Against the Giants, I still think though Daniel Dimes coming off the catch of his career. By the way, we'll go in and cover this number. Shall we get to mailbag season? Do it mailbag every Thursday. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts with a question or follow Tailgate on Twitter, PFF underscore Tailgate, we will answer your question on the Thursday episode. And in draft season, we do bonus episodes. We do four episodes a week in draft season to account for a lot of these questions. Mm-hmm. Mike might also be doing a call-in show Uh-oh. on YouTube in the draft season. It could be a good time this offseason, but make sure you're tuning in now. I'm going to drop a lot. Season. I'm
1: going to turn to Coward and just be saying everyone's fun to watch. I it's love that, actually. I love <laughs> that, that watch content.
0: You know, the more I think about it, i got to get ahead of this. He is fun to watch. Case Keenum. Oh. <laughs> I thought
1: <laughs> you were going to say Coward. I'm like, yeah, Coward's, like, all right to watch. I no, he's good. He's all, right to all right,
0: this is from Discord Ian Seraf on apple Podcasts, my question can you make a case for justin tucker kicker for the baltimore ravens returning first round value over the course of his career or does the position just not affect the game enough
1: yes i, I from like a win percentage added standpoint he is worth first round pick if you compare him to like an average first round if you were guaranteed his career but that's the thing it's you're guaranteed his first uh, if you're guaranteed what he has done up to his career at this point The problem is when it's the question posed by Daniel Jeremiah, who was, I believe that was him, right, who said he asked NFL GMs or NFL GM text them how many teams would trade a first-rounder for Justin Tucker right now. It is the, you don't know what you're going to get going forward necessarily. And kickers can be variable. And he has been an outlier of his career in terms of how little he has varied from elite kicker play. But one, the biggest thing is the average first-rounder does not return as much as you might think. Mm-hmm. Is, doesn't, the hit rate in that area is not nearly as high as you would say. And two, uh, he has been such a massive outlier at the position, but that doesn't mean he will be going forward. So I think, yes, if you could guarantee me you've had his career, yeah, you trade a first-rounder for him. If you can, if you would to ask me that right now to trade a first-rounder for him, I
0: would not do it. My take, too, is that if you're going to get into these hypotheticals where you're guaranteed – x career there are a lot of positions in the nfl and a lot of players that are even having average to above average careers where you'd like yeah i do two first rounders if i was guaranteed even average to above average play like certain tackles in the nfl pass rushers like hey like he's not worth a first rounder right now but if you're guaranteed like this play it's like hell yeah i'm taking this shit because like most of the times it's not guaranteed
1: but that again is the biggest thing is that there's no guarantee going forward but
0: retrospectively yes todd is boy on Apple Podcasts. I'm a Jags fan, and I saw in your most recent mock draft that PFF had the Jags taking Evan Neal at number three overall, the Alabama offensive tackle. I personally think this is silly since the Jags drafted Walker Little in the second last year. Walker Little, the former Stanford offensive tackle, also a PFF darling. Love him. And still have Juwan Taylor, former Florida offensive tackle, I think now entering year four, year five, who isn't very good but isn't atrocious. I believe, love that assessment, by the way. <laughs> do we take a good tackle? We have one that isn't very good. But he isn't atrocious. He isn't atrocious. No, I believe I'm, we have bigger issues at a variety of other positions, such as receiver or secondary. Do you think it would be a good idea for the Jacks to trade down a few picks in order to get someone like Garrett Wilson or Kyle Hamilton? I don't know if you're going to trade down and get Kyle Hamilton. The guy's looking like a chipper, a blue one, if the situation presented itself. Your answer.
1: Yeah, so that, there's...
0: I like that. I like those hand movements. I guess two hot. different
1: two different things here. <laughs> and the first would be... I wouldn't prioritize one position if you're the Jacks. You have a lot of positions that suck. Address, address the best player. The team is bad. Exactly. Like you have a lot of positions that are issues. Get talent wherever you can get it. That's why like when they drafted a running back last year, we were like, what the hell? Go get blue, or go get cornerstone talent. Running backs. Premium yeah. positions. Exactly. A, a guy that can be with your franchise the next decade. That's what you need in Jacksonville. You don't need a guy who's going to be there four or five years, like we've said, with running backs in first round. So if you make it to their second contracts with their team that drafted them. So, one, do that. And then, two, the problem with trading down, and while we, we are PFF are the trade-down kings, we will never disagree with the trade-down. That, that is, we bang the table as much as we can for that. The problem is the ROI at the top of the draft when there's not a quarterback there. It's, there's just not going to be teams being like, hey, I have to go get Evan Neal. Two first-rounders. Exactly giving you the return that's going to justify passing on a guy like Evan Neal when you will be starting him next year because you know he's probably going to be better than Juwan Taylor or Walker Little, one of those two. Like that's, that's the problem there. And, yeah, we, we'd love a trade down if you can get something good, but I'm just not sure the offers are going to be there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I
0: think that's a fair assessment. I know there's still a lot of tape to be ground, mm-hmm. but I think already you could say right now sort of. there aren't going to be a lot of teams clamoring like the San Francisco 49ers to move multiple first-round picks to go up and get – a quarterback because there's just not going to be that those type of dogs at the top of the draft
1: snorting the tape
0: you snort any tape big tape guy. Nice. i inject the tape i've injected a handful of tapes all right cole toon i think it's toon on twitter everyone is talking about how poor the offensive talent is in this draft class especially compared to the previous two years for not teams. mcshay and kuyper apparently oh we no continue. drake london's wide number four overall player for teams in need of offensive talent is there hope for 2023 i love this is what i love you already this is the draft, man. This is they're already thinking about twenty twenty three. You know, this guy's I always bring up that same image of the guy from It's Always Sunny, where the guy's like at the board and he's like, All right, there's not a lot of offensive talent in this class. We look ahead to twenty twenty three. Who helped this guy? Yeah, Charlie Day, that's him. But that's that's what cold toon is right now. Let me finish the question. Who are the exciting prospects in the twenty twenty three class and how do they compare to this upcoming class?
1: No, yeah. So running back and tight end, I'd say there's no like guy at the top. There's no obviously McShay is Jalen Whitmer, 19th overall. I don't quite see it the same. There's no... Is it Whitmer or Weidermeyer? I'm going to call him Whittimer. I like Weidermeyer. I know you do, because that's what you keep saying. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but I, I, I was going to go with Whitmer, But there's, I don't think there's like a guy at the top that I'm like, okay, yeah, we could draft him in the first round. Now, next year's running back class, and obviously we're never going to say that about running back class, but next year's running back class looks legitimately special at this point in time, whether it's B. John Robinson, Tank Bigsby. B. John Robinson, Texas. Tank Bigsby of Auburn. I think those guys are dudes like running backs that we haven't seen since you know Saquon that, that that good of prospects um so that's how i feel about next year's running back class wide receiver class i'm not sure it's great right now but again sophomore to junior year a lot of big leaps to be had still so you got guys like KeSean Booty from LSU Jackson Smith and Jigba i think it's Bouté Bouté i like Booty better
0: i'm just going i know you do <laughs> Go ahead, so i keep saying <laughs> it uh,
1: Smith and Jigba from Ohio State Marvin Mims from Oklahoma Josh Downs Downs, excuse me, of North Carolina. There are some guys there that already look like they're gonna be pretty damn good. And then the tight end class though, this is where we're starting to get interested. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, Dart the Georgia Duo, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, those are that could be a nice tight end class with some like real guys you might think about in round one.
0: I'll say this now. I already like Boutet a ton. ton a ton but I also think I'm going to be a big fan of Smith Najigba I think Smith Najigba is a dude I'm a huge fan of his game he's already been really good for Ohio State when they have like they have Olave they have Wilson he still shows up game in and game out he has been I mean he
1: forced J-Mo Williams to transfer
0: yeah he is he's a monster I'm a big fan of uh, Smith Najigba of Ohio State All right, this is from Paolo 101 I don't know if you can pronounce it like that but we will was the Rams decision in the 2016 draft to trade with the Titans for the first overall pick one of the most impactful trades of the 21st century Rams got Goff Titans got Henry.
1: I I think if you're going to the most impactful trades in recent memory, it's got to be the Mahomes one. You know, if for draft day trades, Mahomes, 2KC, moving up from pick 27 all the way to number 10, gave up their first rounder in 2018, their third rounder in 2017, that first rounder in 2018. So they traded with the Bills is the other thing here. So the Bills passed Mahomes. Then they, the next year, go and trade up and get Josh Allen, knowing they have those two first-rounders there. And then that, 20, that, that ended up being, I believe, the 22nd pick in 2018, which ended up going to the Ravens at one point. And then the Ravens traded back and then traded back in the first round for Lamar Jackson. So wow. that ended up shaping the entire AFC. The course of that trade ended up being how everyone – so that, that trade passed through all three of the teams that ended up being kind of like the upper echelon of the AFC right now in Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes kind of led to – all those quarterbacks landing where they did
0: you did your research on that one that's that the one most was, impactful trade yes. potentially in NFL history I mean there's just two like, MVPs in that trade and
1: obviously that was the one trade didn't res- directly result in all three of those it was the ripple but the ripple effect from it did end up in that Billy
2: the Price butterfly. was also a part of that trade was he Bangle, yeah Bengals traded with the Bills that year yeah wow uh, so you the, didn't uh, bring uh, up Billy Price Cordy,
1: Cordy Glenn
0: right? I will say Paolo 101 no trade that is the best of the 21st century is going to include jared goff i think you need i think you need in super bowl impactful type of trades i mean the titans have made
1: what one afc championship the goff made a super bowl still hasn't resulted in any super bowl trophies
0: thumb underscore nfl scout on twitter that's my burner i had to ask you this question what's your wide receiver rankings in 2022 who are your guys also please tell me on kenny pickett who should the Giants target? Well, he's got a lot of questions. Who should the Giants target with the likely two top 15 picks? Should Gettleman be fired? Love the pod tailgate hat on the way. That's my guy, dumb NFL scout. Start with the first one. Wide receiver rankings for 2022. Who are your guys? So my my guys, probably the ones I'm, like, higher on
1: than the consensus. Garrett Wilson. I just think he is that all-around separator that wins in the NFL. I I think that guy you tell me one guy is going to be a wide receiver one that you can rely on in this draft class it's Garrett Wilson that, that's how I feel that's why he's the top guy um the actual rankings of them right now I believe were Garrett Wilson Chris Olave Drake London Traylon Burks Jameson Williams that's the top five and then my other you know, guy outside that top five that I really like is Romeo Dubs Nevada bigger physical wide receiver I think, could also separate as really good ball skills and really good deep speed. So I'm I'm a fan of his game. Um, we're talking about guys at this point. Sell you on Kenny Pickett? I I've, Shit, myself, I'm still not sold. I, I, I just said after this Clemson game, I would think about him towards the end of round one. Uh, I'm not – if you're thinking about a guy towards the end of round one, that's not being sold on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, I would struggle to do so, but I do think he's not making mistakes with the football this year. I, I think his arm talent is very evident in terms of – the zip he puts on footballs so he has those tools has some escapability has size you know, 6'3 220 a lot of boxes physically for the nfl i still think some of this production's fool's gold i still think a lot some of it's not going to translate to the nfl i still worry about him being late to throws holding on the football a little too long that's not going to fly obviously at the nfl level so i'm still a little worried but the tools are kind of what you would be sold on and this leap being so massive and the fact that he uh Said he was going to drink some beers after being Clemson. I think that's.
0: He's a, he's a every man's man. You love that. Had to get him on the pod. I know he's done an interview with Trevor Sickma, another analyst here. Maybe we'll get him on the pod here soon. Who should the Giants target with their top 250 picks? And should Gettleman be fired? He had, It was a couple more. Things. Okay, we can't. I can't
1: speak on such things. Uh, I will let the Gi- Giants record speak on that thing for itself. Mm-hmm. But who should they target? There's like not a position I don't think they can. I, I would love. Maybe one of, not defensive line. Not defensive tackles. Yeah. You know, don't draft Jordan Davis. So, <laughs> so from that perspective, maybe you shouldn't have Gettleman take this draft. No, I'm kidding. But uh, edge. A- edge is going to be where talent is, value talent. Again, we talk about when it's deep classes, that usually means they get pushed down because someone sees it as like, oh, I can get one later. Oh, whatever. Like, it just, the, the talent's like when, you know, Tristan Worf falls to 13 to the, to the Bucks. So when it's a deep class, so it's deep class on the edge, definitely get one of them in next year's class
0: love to see it on to our next guy here this is Ryan Davis on Twitter as a Ravens fan I believe we should look to strengthen cornerback in the early rounds of next year's draft with Jimmy Smith Tavon Young and Marcus Peters being frequently injured what are your thoughts on this love the show I mean I I know you're going to say this too but like anytime a fan is adamant about upgrading the secondary in the draft you're always going to pour support adding draft you know adding cornerback talent in the draft is something we always stand for this is also a very good cornerback class yeah and and we should we saw it against the Bengals when with the way that defense
1: is schemed they have to have corners that win one-on-ones so yes I I would love more corners for that team obviously Marcus Peters getting up there in age off of a serious injury that's scary Jimmy Smith getting way up there in age I don't think you can rely on him too much anymore going forward And, and the good news is the Ravens, organizationally, how they've approached the draft for agency, I think you could bank on them adding one. They have invested in that position heavily. They know that that's a driver of success the way they scheme in the NFL. So, yeah, I think should and will is my answer to that.
0: I think there's going to be a lot of top 50 cornerbacks taken. I think in that range of, you know, fifteen to 50, you know, fifteen to forty, fifteen to thirty, there's gonna be a ton of cornerbacks. To Andrew Booth, Ahmad Garner, Trent McDuffie. I mean we talked about a lot of these guys. Martin Emerson, in addition to Kyrie Elam and Derek Stingley, there's gonna be a lot of cornerbacks taken in this class. I think it's gonna be a fun one to follow. All right, Lions fan. Did you here. call it fun to watch? I think it's gonna be a fun one to follow. Okay. Fun to follow? I the think that's thing. kind of a shit take. I think it's gonna be a good cornerback class and I'm excited to see more good yeah. corners in the NFL. All right. Brian Fitzgerald on Twitter. Lions fan here. With drafting, if we had the number one overall pick in 2022, would it be mo- wouldn't it be most important to attack secondary instead of defensive end? PFF mocks have this reversed, as is seen in most actual drafts. Chase Young versus
1: Cuda. Go. Well, one, I don't think they end up with number one overall. I'll just say it. Who I still think? I think the Texans end up number one overall. You know this. Um, two, if they do, and they are looking at that board. I do think you go Thibodeau because of the certainty of evaluation. And at cornerback, you go you know, Derek Stingley. Love Derek Stingley. Blue-chip prospect. Is a lead cornerback prospect probably as we've seen since Jalen Ramsey coming out. Freakishly talented all around. He has played press man coverage at LSU. You might have a defense next year that plays off zone. You might change coordinators two years from now and do something differently. You're never going to change defenses such that Kayvon Thibodeau is not rushing the passer. And you kind of saw it with, you know, Whitney Merciless comes over from the Texans, goes to the Packers, and is playing five days later and playing his best, his highest-graded game of the year. Why is that? Because the role you're playing, or basically what you're doing at defensive end, is simplistic. It, it is attack this gap, attack that gap, run a stunt. Run a, like, it is not uh, tech, super technique-driven from what you're asked to do within a scheme so when you see Kave on dominating you can feel more confident that that guy will dominate at the next level than when you see Derek singly dominating press press man coverage you say oh what if we're calling off cover you know six or some shit i don't even know what just as a random example he may not be as well versed in that or it's just a different he has far more on his plate that you don't feel as confident in your evaluation of that prospect to where yeah i'll pay for that certainty i know Kayvon on is going to impact passers
0: i would agree i mean i would agree with that um cave on is the selection at number one overall i think that one you can almost like pencil slash sharpie in for any team drafting there right i mean i don't even think it's going to be Lions specific or anyone
1: yeah the quarterback class at this point uh, you never say never obviously teams can fall in love and the desperation's always real but uh, you never say never unless you're mike Tomlin. i mean it could shifts texans are there like texans
0: could draft quarterback you never know they're They've done crazy shit in recent years. So Fair enough. I, I love that quote from Tomlin, though, in that whole spiel. Never say never, but freaking never. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was incredible from Tomlin. Cool. Any more questions? And when he's like, any more questions? Yes. Right now, Kayvon Thibodeau is the favorite to be the number one overall pick at minus 110. After that, it is Malik Willis at plus 300. Or no, Matt Corral at plus 300. Malik Willis at plus 500. And Carson Strong at plus 500. Spencer Rattler all the way down to plus 2,000 who was the betting favorite, by the way, entering the preseason. All right. I have, before we get to trivia, we have trivia at the back end of the day's show and a new, a new addition to the Thursday podcast I want to run. oh Going to shout out Manscaped. It's football season, baby, and you know what that means. It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through Harris has never been easier. It's time for you to join two million men worldwide, including Mike and Quinn and Dave and Renner. Who trusts Manscaped by using code PFF at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. It's three and out the window with all trimmers. all well, other trimmers. Now go tame that wildcat offense. I don't leave the house without the trimmer. You never know when you need to get a buzz down low. And that's something, that, that's feedback I wish I had at a younger age. You know, and I think now having Manscaped, having the trimmer, has left me in just better spirits. The brand new lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge Ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents thanks to your advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor. A new multi function on off switch can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn on a 4,000 LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? Rain, snow, sleet are no match for the waterproof power of the 4.0. There's no 15 yard penalty for this clipping. Get 20% off and free shipping with code PFF at manscape.com That is 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com And use code PFF. Stiff arm your pubes out the playoffs with Manscaped. New segment, not a new segment, new edition of the show. On Thursdays, in between the mailbag and trivia, I want to shout out a diehard follower of Tailgate. We shouted out Charlie, and it got me thinking. I want to add this. There's another guy who consistently DMs the Tailgate pod or me and talks about the pod and, talks about, and asks good questions and helps fuel the pod and also participate in the survey when we went through the brand change at c sports bros on twitter goes by bernie as well he's got bernie sanders in his profile picture he is a consistent follower of tailgate and want to give him a big shout out love that on to trivia is he the one who had the good reply to uh
1: the tweets who had the good
0: reply don't to stay the there too long yeah that's it yeah, yeah. see that so uh, he's got the inside jokes took, going that's we, what
1: i look yeah, for. yeah when we took a pick at alabama he said don't stay there too long knowing that well I Austin booked I didn't, like didn't make us stay there too long. We got it. Okay, to tell a story about that, I, want, I almost – I was on the plane after we – so first off, we get on this plane on the way back, and I'm not feeling great, obviously, to begin with. It's up like three hours, driven like an hour to get to the airport. Um, and we and weren't hung The over. plane had no windows. I've never been on a plane, I don't think, in my entire life that didn't have windows. I'm like, what's weird about this plane? I'm like, holy shit, there's no windows. And so when we land – like, I didn't realize we oh, were yeah. landing. We slam. The person next to me jumped out of their seat just about. Like, I, I almost I thought we were crashing. It was the scariest landing of my life. Uh, and I'm already <laughs> not feeling good. And I'm in row like 35. And so everyone's starting to get up, uh, get in the aisle. And I'm like, stomach's not feeling good. Stomach's actually feeling really, really bad. Head not feeling good. I'm about to scream, like, just let, let me off this fucking plane. I was like very no way. down you were that close? I, I really was. I was like losing my mind. I'm shaking back there. I'm just like, okay, pull, hold together, hold together. Finally got off. <laughs> Got some food. Felt a little better. But, my God, I am never taking a 5.30 a.m. flight after a football game for the rest of my life.
0: That was incredible. I want to apologize to you and to Dave about those flights. We got in early and left early. It was brutal. You at least had the the Sky Club. You're a Sky Club member, so you're always getting in the free food. Your airport experience is different than mine. Rich people. Who knows? All right. uh, Quinn, you got uh, mailbag questions or trivia questions?
2: Uh, Yeah, I do. I got three of them. We got two listeners submitted, so keep sending those in. Uh, First one, you guys ready? Yeah. From King Jamie on Twitter. Of all the Texans free agent signings, only one contract is longer than two years. Who is it? Oh, this is oh a tough one. God, that is tough. They got so many. Oh, man. Did they give Mark Ingram a two-year contract? Uh, I don't know. That's Mark Ingram is not the answer. Okay. But he might have a two-year contract.
0: Let me think. I'll figure it out
1: i'm just trying to think of people who play for the texans right now <laughs> i don't know um, like,
0: I, I, I i'm stuck in the backfield i also want to say philip Lindsay, but maybe they didn't you
2: guys are not on the right path
0: not on the right path i'll, I'll go free agent signings there's just no way I'm. Gonna go. i have no idea
2: cam johnston the punter
0: uh come the on Max, there was no way i was going king to. Jamie. Er, it was, uh,
2: king jamie yeah sorry king jamie that was a good one he uh he Psychopath. signed for three years eight m's so wow they're shelling out some dough uh cornerstone right, franchise cornerstone. cornerstone gotta have him. uh all right here we go so, number two uh on saturday tailgate is headed to jacksonville for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party Can't call number that. one georgia what why can't i call it that
1: it's a Trademark? It's not, it's, no, it's, it's officially not called that anymore. It's called the oh, something- What? Rivalry. It's called the rival, red, the river, rivalry ride the river or something. It's awful.
2: I
0: hate it. Call it again,
2: Quinn. Yeah. Shut up, Mike. You guys are going to pick Jacksonville it. for number one Georgia versus Florida. The last time the Bulldogs didn't have a first-round pick was in 2017. In fact, they only had one player drafted total that year, this receiver who was taken in the fifth round by the Broncos. I got it. Oh, by the Broncos? Yeah, by the Broncos.
0: It.
1: Oh, fifth-round receiver fifth round by Broncos. Receiver? 2017, you said?
2: 2017.
1: Oof. Who were you going to say? I was going to say Riley, Riley Ridley. Ridley. Yeah.
2: Negative. Um, it is wide receiver, though. Prior to that. Er,
1: no. Oh, Isaiah McKenzie. Yep,
2: Isaiah McKenzie. Yep. Ah, Former nice. Notre Dame,
1: non-sex haver. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, he was the guy who would tell the story. One yeah, more Texas from you, Quinn?
2: Yeah, last one. It's This is from Aired Mania, I believe is how you say it on Twitter. Uh, he wants to know, Ohio State has the most first-round picks of all time with 85, followed by USC with 83, and Alabama with 74. What is the last year all three of these schools were not represented in the first round? Oh, man. Oh, my god! These questions
0: are ridiculous. I'm going to go
2: 2001. Close. Very close. close. I don't know this one.
1: say 2002.
2: Yeah. I mean, you had two. I said very close. You had two options. You could have said two thousand or two thousand two. Wow,
0: uh, which I was cool. right. That's it. That's all I got. Do you have your know your co-host question? Uh, yes, I do. Go.
1: So in college, I was addicted to a video game. Wait, a, my question is about degree, a video game too. To such a degree that I was forced to quit video games uh, and ended up and forced to work at PFF because I couldn't get a job in accounting. What video game was? Wait,
0: it? did you see my question before you wrote this? No you're gonna be blown away by my question
1: what video game was it
0: it was halo which one halo 3 yes well done my question literally is not making this up max could test in um seventh grade Mm -hmm. uh, or no i think it was freshman year i got uh, a video game and played it with my friends to a degree that was disgusting i got my first b minus in a quarter report card ever and had to write a letter to my stepmom asking her to take the game away from me what was that game you wrote a letter to ask to take it was brutal it was brutal um call of duty modern warfare yeah call of duty modern warfare 2 i was in that shit like all day i literally get home i would not stop playing you wouldn't stop playing i was gonna say you sound like you you seem like a
1: call of duty guy there was the call of duty guys and the halo guys you seem like a call of duty guy
0: well if you didn't have an xbox yeah if you didn't have an xbox you weren't playing you weren't playing Halo 3, I'll tell you that. But, that's funny that our questions are so similar. Weird. Uh, That really is incredible. (laughs) I I was like, you had it looked at my question. Anyway, Call of Duty Marvel Warfare 2, that game was fucking lit. That was a fun game. I haven't played it since. I don't know. Never played, because I only played Halo 3. Well, until next time, we're going to be at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't care if they don't call any of that. We're going to be there. Make sure if you're down there in Jacksville, hit us up. Twitter DMs, we got them open. Um, Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, producers, Mike Quinn, Stone Rochelle, Max Chadwick, Dave Sofaro, until (laughs) Oh, 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 oh oh, 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 oh